In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's June 9th, 2014, and you're listening to episode 91 of Dit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from post-Niagara Falls Comic Con. And it was the Elfling's very, very, very first one. Aw, baby's first con. Baby's first con, that's right. <laughs> and that would be convention, not con! He hasn't gotten that far yet. To either the Montalban or Cumberbatch? No, he hasn't. Virgins? No. He doesn't <laughs> like anything with blood in it. Yeah. <laughs> That would rule that out. Yeah, that would rule that out just a little bit. So anyways... Do you want to talk about convention first or knitting first? Okay. Um, we'll get through the convention part first. So, the boy enjoyed the con? He did. <laughs> uh, he, the highlights of his day were actually meeting Deadpool in person. And you have to imagine a little seven-year-old that has a dropped jaw when he actually saw Deadpool. And yes, I did get pictures. So, and we told Deadpool he was better than Spider-Man. And he's like, yes, thank you! <laughs> I've been telling everybody that. His other thing was that the boy got some original artwork. Greg Highland, who worked on the, the Lego movie, which every child probably has seen by now. Every mm -hmm. child between the ages of 5 and 12. And 40. And 40, true. <laughs> Except for me, I really need to see that movie. Not unless you want to have an earworm from hell. Hell. Well, I've been living with what was the last few of the last few weeks? Uh, Let it go oh, and cell block tango. So I think I can deal with everything is awesome. Okay, but Greg Highland was there and he was doing sketches of uh, Lego characters for you. So the little boy got to art direct a sketch for Batman, a Lego Batman. Oh, which is now in a safe place. Until it gets framed for his room. <laughs> but he wanted to take it to school today to show everybody. And he had greasy paws from eating breakfast. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, honey, you do not touch it. You can go to school and tell everybody about it. What if they don't believe me? You will renew your, your geek cred, don't worry. Don't worry, you will have proof. You will have proof. <laughs> Just not with, you know, greasy paws. But he got to sit in Emperor Palpatine's chair. Mm -hmm. He got to, he tried to con start up a conversation with a droid. <laughs> he got to see a stormtrooper. He got to see Belle. He sang Let It Go for Anna and Elsa. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. I knew he met them, but I didn't know that he sang it. That's so adorable. Yeah, he looked like he was having a good time when I took him in at first because somebody didn't bring cash. Hey, hey, I swear I saw on the <laughs> website that they took plastic. <laughs> and I was so while we were obviously not the only ones who made that mistake. So while mommy and daddy had to make a beeline, oh, you don't have cash? Well, there are the ATMs right there with their own little mini lines. Yeah. Oh. After a little while of waiting, I just volunteered to take the elfling in because he was getting antsy and wanted to run around anyway. Because and I because I brought cash and kids got in free. So yeah. So he was just so I took him in and like. The one thing I wish I'd gotten a picture of was, which his, I face? Asked, was his face when he saw Ecto, the car, car. from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and he just like stood there 
next to the railing, just staring at it for a couple minutes. I think it was the most he was still the entire time. Because <laughs> he was like, oh my god, oh my god. And at one point, Maggie was actually trying to text me when they got in, being like, okay, where are you guys? And I got the text. I was trying to text back, but I kept having, like, one hand on Aiden's backpack, trying to keep him from running off, and one hand on my phone. And Welcome one, to life with a child. To get, and trying to get pictures. Welcome to life with a child. The best birth control is babysitting somebody else's child. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And there were a couple, there were celebrities there. Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane and the Shat was there. Yep. Which was part of what we were worried when we was when we started approaching and we had the well. First, there was the line to get into somewhere. To oh, park. good lord. And then there was the line to get into the building, and we were sort of like, yeah, the only problem with it, with it being Sunday is, like, usually Sunday would be a slightly quieter day. Right. Except that was the day the Shat was going to be there. Yeah, okay. like, uh, Shatner. And so we're like, oh, it's going to be busy. But actually, the line moved pretty well. I heard from one of my other friends that, actually, we both heard from Katie that... Yeah, I was emailing her while she was in line. Yeah. They didn't even get to get in because of fire code rules. Yeah, around 1 o'clock on Saturday, she said they weren't letting anyone else in unless someone else came out, and... That's a major bummer. Yeah. Wow. Eventually they bailed and went to the movies. Oh. But yeah, did you get anything from the con? No, I didn't get anything. I got lots of pictures of my little boy, and that's all mm-hmm. I wanted. I'm sorry, cons are not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. And let's just say that the boy now has a longer Christmas wish list. Yay. But he did see his first Harry Potter movie this past week, Ooh. and now he wants a Harry Potter wand. Aww. And he did see one at the convention, and he was torn between the artwork and the wand. Mm-hmm. So now there is a Christmas wish list that is in progress. <laughs> and I'm all for it, because A, it helps me shop, and B, he ha- gets to practice his handwriting. He can write it's down... It's also, however, June. It, yes, but <laughs> we're talking about my family. Yeah. I mean, I know you enjoy Christmas all, ra- all year round, but it's still kind of like... Okay, it's June. <laughs> Are you I, going to be able to find the Christmas list in three, in, you know, two months' time when he wants to add something else to it? Yes. <laughs> For anybody who is new to the podcast, this is just a side point to explain. Maggie lives in Christmas year-round. I do not enforce it on anybody else. However, I do have my own office at work. I close my door and I play Christmas carols. <laughs> because it is my happy place. And she's one of those people who makes up a list of, like, Christmas shopping and Christmas knitting in, like, February and actually does it. Or try to do it. This past year I was really sucky at it. <laughs> and this year's shaping up to be very full. Because everybody's having babies. Well, then they just don't get knitted things for Christmas. <laughs> Because another friend of mine is having his second child. And it, it it was Green Lantern Geek Baby. Oh, yes. He's, he's getting a sibling. Aww. You know what that means, right? That you're going to make another thing? I need to make another baby blank. <laughs> Some, oh, somebody can put me out of my misery anytime now. <laughs> so, moving in. Did you, what did you get? I got, well. Oh, you got, you got a big prize. <laughs> well, I'll lead up to that. I got, one of the things I got was a game that I have been, that I'm going to do at the library as part of a program over the summer called Forbidden Island. I've played it once before, and of course I've seen it played on uh, this, the web series Tabletop with Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. It's part of the Geek and Sundry sort of channel on YouTube. 
they're really fun. Watch it. And that one I actually got from, so I got that one from a store there because they were like, 10% off and no taxes. I'm like, yoink. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> anything that says I need no, to get it at some point so I can do it at the library. Anything that says no taxes in Canada, you know, you jump on that. Yeah. I mean, I love our education system and I love our health system, but occasionally it's nice not to pay it. And then I also got, there was one place and actually the Elfling got something there too. It was the oh, one the place ki- that had the geeky chocolates. Yes. He got a geeky Lego. He counted out his quarters and his loonies for uh, Lego chocolate. Yep. Chocolate shaped like Legos. I got chocolate shaped like a TARDIS <laughs> and like a Dalek. And then I got another booth. I found they had used the same molds. I know exactly where you get the molds. Um, to make uh, soaps. So there's a little TARDIS soap and a Dalek soap. Please tell me that the Dalek is at least, you know, have have roughage in it so that you exfoliate. <laughs> no, but that would be perfect. Exfoliate. 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 <laughs> yeah. But probably the main thing is for El- for months, I have been looking for a certain figure. More of a bobblehead, really. There's a company called Funko. That makes the Funko Pop figures or bobbleheads. They have the really big like head, enormous head, little body, and it bobbles. And they do all kinds of different characters and stuff. They have stuff from Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, like any comic shop or place you pretty much go to will find it. I know HMV even has mm-hmm. some of them. Now, a few months ago, they released an Agent Coulson, and I have been looking for this. I have been too. I wanted to get one for Miss Karen for her birthday, and I asked my comic book store that's near my house what do i have to do to get it in and they did clickety clackety clickety clackety on the computer and said oh he's back ordered in toronto meaning we don't know when he's coming in i'm like oh nuts Mm -hmm. so agent colson has apparently been fairly popular only now as you said they have to change the packaging yes they do have to change the packaging and if you haven't listened to the end (laughs) the last uh, episode of agents of shield you won't understand why that's all there is to it you need to watch the show, that's why. But yes, yeah, so I've been looking everywhere, and I actually looked at like pretty much all the booths at the show, and out of maybe like six or seven that had those figures, and often had like walls of them, one of them had the Agent Colson bobblehead. Now I have a picture of how happy she was. <laughs> yes. You wanted photo evidence. I think I literally gasped when I saw it. <laughs> Yoink! Thy holy grail is found. I was like, Maggie, look what I got! And then the Elfling saw all of the fun, colorful things, and he wanted to take home about five or six of them. Yeah, at one point he was trying to pull out one, and of course it was the bottom one of like a stack of like three or four of them. I'm like, no, honey, how about we just leave that there? Just look, don't touch. That's got to be the most frustrating things for kids in a convention like that. Look, don't touch. But it's, but it's, but it's. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, there were a few other things that I saw that I was Got kind to see of... Belle. Yes. And a really good Rufio and Captain Hook. Oh yeah, they were really good. They were very They could good. barely move along the line of people waiting to get in. <laughs> yes. They kept getting They stopped. had tickets and they, they had tickets, so they were trying to get up to the line for the people who had tickets, or lack of line, that lack of line. <laughs> they kept trying to move, but like every four people it was like, Rufio! And wanting to get, people wanting to get pictures. But you don't dress up in something like that and not expect to get pictures. Yeah. You don't dress up in something like that if you're not a little bit of an attention or in the best way possible. <laughs> Says the lady who went dressed in her hobbit-along shawl to the yeah. frolic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I should mention I was not in costume. None of us were in costume. I was just wearing my Doctor Who shirt. Mainly because I had sort of been thinking, like, maybe I won't go in costume the night before, because it's like, well, part of my plan involved, like, walking to an area where I can get a bus home and that sort of thing. And I was like, eh, if I dress up in what I want to, I'm going to be wearing rather uncomfortable shoes, and I don't think I want to walk in those two guesses what I was going to dress up as. That it really didn't happen the morning of, because I was like, okay, looking at my, you know, lying in bed, you know, reading Twitter and stuff like that in the morning. Okay, it's 8.05. I can, you know, I've got, you know, a couple more minutes before I need to get up so I can get ready so I can get the 9.15, but it's Sunday. The buses only run once an hour. The one that will get me to the bus I need to take only runs at 8.45 after. Crap. (laughs) Hop out of bed, run in the shower, like... Quickly shower, do hair, toss on geek t-shirt and jeans, and out the door I go. So yes, I'm hoping with uh, other arrangements and better planning for Fan Expo, I might actually okay. wear a costume. What time, when is uh, Fan Expo? Uh, end of August. Okay. Like the second or second last weekend in August, or last weekend in August, I can't remember which. So anything else about the convention? Not really. I was just going to say, because this kind of leads into knitting stuff. Just say that there, there was other stuff that I saw that I wanted, and I did have some money left over, but I have sort of decided that part of my being good yesterday, or incentive to be good, was that any funds I had set aside, I spe- specifically set aside a certain amount of money mm-hmm. for the day, and any money I did not use goes into a different fund. Would that be for spinning? For possible excursion. Later this year. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> Which let's segue into adventures okay. in knitting. Okay. So what are you knitting? Well, I'm almost finished my turtle pearl stripey socks in the from the the purple pearls fifth anniversary colorway. Okay. Um, which I'm just doing in a plain stockinette toe up pattern. Um, I I'm doing an afterthought heel on them, so I really just have to do the two heels, and one of the heels has already started. So because I was almost finished that, I decided to cast on another pair of socks. Cascading sock syndrome. CSS. <laughs> yeah, and this is one that I decided that's, you know, interesting enough that'll hopefully keep my attention, but also fairly basic, so I don't even really need to look at a pattern. And so the pattern I chose was the Smocks of Love socks by Megan Schmaltz, which you can find on Ravelry. Ravelry. It's a free pattern. And I'm doing it in some Kuegu that I have, which is sort of like different shades of greens, mostly like a, a grayish green. And basically what it is, is you do a knit to pearl one rib, but every few rows you do a sort of smocking effect stitch, okay. which is where you basically, you take five stitches, so two of the the knit sort of columns and the pearl column in the middle, and you wrap the yarn around it. Ah, oh, I gotcha. It calls for a cable needle. I haven't been using a cable needle. I've just been transferring the yarn back and forth between the left and right hand needles. And so it makes these little smock, smocking things and sort of pulls the ribs, pulls them together in certain spots. And the, the little smocking stitch is sort of alternated. So they get pulled together and apart sort of in different spots on the row. They're really cute. They're super easy. I wonder how the smocking affects the uh, ease of the sock. So far, it seems to be sort of evening out. Like, I mean, it's a rib. So it stretches a lot. Okay, that's so true. So the smocking pulls them in a little bit in certain spots, but then every spot it's pulled in, like the next time you do the smocking, it's sort of... It's like brickwork. It's Yeah, it's off-centered. like brickwork. It's, it's offset. It's not consistently in one place. And, you know, the rest of it is ribbing, so... Okay. 
So, should be cozy. And, you know, it depends on how tight you pull those smocking stitches, and you don't want to pull them really tight. Okay. So, yeah, they look cute so far. I'm only, like, a little way up the foot. Only done a couple repeats of the smocking pattern, but it's sort of an easy enough one that I can, you know, do it on the bus or wherever. Though maybe not in the dark. But that's what movie socks are for. In the middle of a fight scene. Speaking of which, I did work a little bit more on my movie socks, because I went to see a movie which I will elaborate on in... Oh, did the, you? In Geek Squeak. And I actually fin- well finished the part of the sock that I will be doing at the movies. I just need to do the cuff at the top. Okay. So I have finished the stockingette part of the first sock, which is basically like four sections that were knit in the movies. And those movies were Captain America, Captain America, well, Captain America 2, Captain America 2, Captain America 2, and X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern. If anyone hasn't listened to the podcast before, yes, I knit socks at the movies in the dark, which apparently some people are like completely amazed at. Um, it is your superpower. Other people, other people who have tried it realize, oh wait, this isn't quite as hard as it seems to be, as long as you, if you're at the point where you don't really have to look at your knitting a lot, you can sort of do it by feel, you can do it in movies, trust me. I think it was Elizabeth, wasn't it Elizabeth Zimmerman that said, knitting in the dark is difficult? Hogswash. Close your eyes. Do one stitch. There. That wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> now, do another. And, I, and I'm like, I'm reading this and I can hear sort of like this, <laughs> this crisp tone of, hogwash, do it! Do it now! <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Dang. <laughs> and I should mention, I, the only bits, like, I only do, like, the straight sections, the plain stockinette sections in the movies. The toes I do beforehand, the heels I do outside the movie theater, and then I just do the cuff outside the movie theater You did well. turn one heel in inside of the movie. I finished turning a heel. Okay, fine. Or finished a toe. Well, no, with one of the Captain America socks, or the, with the current pair that I'm doing now, I finished doing the toe increases. Okay. Because I got to the, I thought beforehand, I'd like, oh, I had, I had that I already, you know, done the toe because I'd been planning to go movie like, like a month or two earlier and didn't end up going. But I thought I had finished the toe. So it was set up where I needed to go. I get to the movie theater for Captain America 2, pull it out and, oh crap, no, I hadn't finished doing all the increases. So I was trying to do the last couple increases and it's a little messed up in one row where I couldn't really feel what was going on properly. Meh. Meh. They're socks. They still work. Yeah. It's not like, as long as, you know, you don't catch, like, part of a, the yarn and only get, like, one little thread of it or something, which will create a weak spot, it'll be fine. Or as long as you don't drop a stitch and then not notice it, it'll be fine. So, yes. So, so the reason that I was uh, saving some of my panties yesterday, mm-hmm. and the, the thing that I have put some of that money aside for is... I'm kind of seriously, maybe tentatively, but also sort of planning to go to Rhinebeck this year. Woo! <laughs> to actual Rhinebeck. Yay! I'm still, it's still sort of tentative. I still need to sort of figure stuff out what I wanted to do. But if anybody is staying in the Kingston or Poughkeepsie area, already has plans to stay in those areas, and can maybe give me a lift to the fair, please let me know. I was also looking at this one option of staying in Rhinebeck. It's more expensive, but then I wouldn't have to take a cab from as far to, like, to get from the train station to the True. hotel. I'm, you know, the train's pretty cheap. It's, you know, I'm willing to go through the whole fuss of getting to Buffalo to get the train from there. Mm-hmm. Even though on the way there, it'll be the same train that comes through our town. But if you take the train from where we live through Buffalo to Rhinecliff, which is where you get off, right. it is twice more than twice 
the cost of taking the train from Buffalo to Rhinecliff. So essentially, about an hour's train ride plus border crossing costs the same as a six and a half hour train ride. That stuff is so bizarre. Yeah. But anyways. I checked that. I, I, it was the kind of thing I'd look back and looked at it again and looked at it again because my brain was like, really? <laughs> Somebody did not make a mistake on this? For realsies? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm willing to put up with, like, doing that and saving a whole bunch of money by getting my butt to Buffalo, probably with, like, four hours <laughs> before the train leaves. Okay. But. And so. lots of knitting time on the train. Yep, lots of knitting time on the train, and, you know, if I stayed in Rhinebeck, you know, I, could, you know, I could just walk to the fair, because the place I found is, like, three blocks away, and. Don't they have, like, podcaster parties at the at Rhinebeck? Yeah, I think they usually have, like, a meetup. I know they have, like, the Ravelry party. They have all those sorts of other stuff that's going on. So I'd kind of, And it'd be kind of nice to be there. Again, it'd be kind of... That's kind of nice. Why it'd be kind of nice to be right nearby so that then I could do some of that stuff. And Yeah. Especially considering the size, I could also, like... If I stayed somewhere there, I could... It's easier to get there for, like, two days so that if I'm feeling overwhelmed on the first day, I can be like, okay, I'm leaving now. No, I don't see you doing that. Probably not, but... <laughs> <laughs> I did need a little decompression time after the con tomorrow. I can only imagine what Rhinebeck would be like. Well, Rhinebeck is also outside. Yeah. So you do have some places where you can go and just like be by a tree and hug it and go <sighs> and relax. Yeah. yeah. And it's a yeah, and it's this large grounds, you know, yeah, it is too where there is large grounds, there's places where you can sit and relax for a little while without having to leave. Yeah. And then try and get back in, that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I am, but I, I'm kind of thinking it's right back this year. Woo! Because there was something else I've, I've been thinking about going to, like, Washington, D.C., and earlier this week, Southwest was having these huge sales, and I'm like, I gotta decide now. <laughs> But I realized I was sort of like, well, Rhinebeck only happens once a year, so if I make the decision now not to go to Rhinebeck, yep. I will have to wait an entire another year, whereas D.C. I can do pretty much any time. Like, I'm sure it's... You know, there are certain times when it's nicer to go, but... So if anybody is going to Rhinebeck, please chime in. Yes. Let, let me know. know about various options for transportation and stuff. And are you knitting anything to wear to Rhinebeck? Yeah, that's the other thing. I need to decide what I'm going to make for my Rhinebeck sweater if I'm going. Of course, I don't have to worry about getting the yarn. <laughs> no, you don't. Because I already have sweater yarn. Holy crap. No, you don't. It's just more like... And, and I think... I'm already sort of thinking, okay, ground rule, it has to be in one of the worsted weight. So it knits faster? So it knits faster, okay. because I'm not going to do, don't go the crazy route, and try and do one of the sport weight sweaters with yarn. But it would look so pretty. No. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Plus, I have some very pretty worsted weight yarn. Yes, you do. That'd make a very pretty, like, let's say, cabled sweater or cardigan, perfect to wear on a crisp October day, heading to the Fiber Festival, walking past trees that are, you know, red and gold and pretty. Yes, this is the ideal life that you picture yes. in your head whenever you make one of these sweaters. The only thing you need now is Hobbiton. <laughs> yes. So. Speaking of Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's not mention that, shall we? Uh, agreed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of us have actually worked on it in a little while. Are you done? Yes. Okay, well... The baby blanket, the uh, chalice baby blanket that I was working on the last time we recorded is done and is with the mommy because the baby shower has already happened. Mm -hmm. So that is done, diddly, done, done, done. And and that's the baby chalice blanket by Karen S. Logger, L-A-U-G-E-R. It's a free Ravelry download and it's super easy and I've used it several times. It's actually 
it's a really nice blanket. Kernel is the red scarf that I have been working on. It's in fingering weight. It is a knitty pattern from Knitty Fall of 2000. And it is by... 2009. Oh, sorry. 2009. <laughs> and what's a decade between friends? Anyway. Um, and it is by Bonnie Sennett. And... Whee! Ta-da! Wow. Ta-da! You didn't need to toss it on me, Maggie. It is done. It <laughs> needs a blocking, but yes. it is done. And of course, now you have your own blocking I have my own blocking wires. I was going to see if I could get it blocked last night, but... You know, after grafting the last piece on, because the second hem you have to actually graft on, I'm like, no. Yeah, so that it's symmetrical. I I is tired. Yeah. And, I mean, if you had grafted it, if you had blocked it late last night, you probably wouldn't want to pull it out It would still be on the blocking wires. Yeah. You kind of, usually with lacy stuff, with lace and like a lace weight or maybe, or, you know, fingering weight even maybe a little longer. Um, but even lace weight, you kind of want to leave it for 24 hours just to make sure it is perfectly But case in point to what I was talking dry. about, this is a Christmas present for later in the year. <laughs> that is why it is in bright red. Whee! And you finished it in June. Yes, people, she is actually one of those people. So, yeah, but that's only one gift. Also love her in despair. <laughs> that was one of, one of my favorite parts, okay? <laughs> so now I have the, what I'm calling the... Tony Stark socks, not because of the pattern of the socks, but because of the needles I'm using. <laughs> yes, the... The carbons. Yep, the Knitter's Pride carbons. And... Carbon uh, fiber DPNs. So I go out today and I'm like, okay, yes, the Hobbit Along I can't take with me, so I've got one project that's on the go right now, mm-hmm. and it's in my, in my to-go bag because a sock you can take with me, with you. While I'm out and about on my lunch hour... Uh, the bridge goes up for the canal. We have a canal that goes through part of the city, mm-hmm. and during the warm months of the year, the drawbridges will go up to allow ships to go well, through. Pretty much March to December, really. Okay. Is when the... That's true. So I I'm, know this because I live very near the canal. Yes, you do. We are very aware of the boats going by. So I get up there, and I'm like, ah, oh, the bridge is up. Score! That means I can knit. So I pull out... <laughs> I think that's the only, I think you were the only person in this area to be like, the bridge is up. Score! Yeah. But the thing was, I'm like, okay, I haven't looked at these in about a month and a half or something like that. Okay, that's where I am in the pattern. I just go to do my stitches and then the, you know, the alarm sounds for the bridge going down. I'm like, yeah. Aww. Dang. <laughs> okay, go back in the bag. So, and yes, as for the Hobbit along, I have no excuse now that the kernel is off the needles. I have no excuse. When I am home, I work on the Hobbit along. When I am anywhere else and I am in transit, it's the sock. Starting yeah. from today. Yeah, I need to get the markers out and put markers in my Hobbit along scarf and start working on it again. I have to admit, part of it, part of my my not working on it has been people have been posting some amazing pictures of really gorgeous versions that are in fingering weight, and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd done mine in fingering weight instead of lace weight. It's not like it would go any faster. No, because the number of rows is the number of rows, and the number of stitches is the number of stitches stitches, like that you have to do. It's just it it looks really pretty, but yes. (laughs) I need to get moving on mine. Yeah, I'm not even... Especially because we have... Did we officially announce our involvement in the spinning... I don't think we did actually say... No, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah, because... Well, the the only thing we referenced was that last week I was commenting on how I had so much to do and we had the spinning team that we're on and I had to practice. Yes, Yes. so we should actually mention 
Because it seems like we are, it is definitely It is going to happen. You know what? It's so going to happen. I double dog dare you to tell Michelle we're not doing it. <laughs> I think she would murder me and they would never find my body. So she No, she would either splay your She works your at a winery. They have the, she works at a winery. They have, they have lots dungeons. of land. Yeah. Lots of land that she can use to bury my body and I will fertilize grapes. <laughs> This is the Karen Vintage. Wow, this section of the grapes seems to be growing really well. We love you, Michelle. Really, yes. really. No, we love you. <laughs> yes, so we should mention that we, as well as a group of other people, are going to be competing in the Sheep to Shawl competition at this year's Royal Winter Fair in Toronto in, in November. November. So we've got a lot of time to practice for this. Um, you say it like that. <laughs> I'm telling myself. Okay. So I don't start freaking out. And we do have a team name and we do have a concept and plan. I don't know if we're going to announce that just yet because I think Michelle wants to keep some things close to the chest. Yeah. It is immensely cool. But, but it we is. We won't mention it yet. With this group, it is cool. It is geeky. And each of us has a little bit of a strength that we're throwing into it. Yeah. I am, I am back at the spinning wheel and I am doing more spinning now. So I am getting my fingers back into the motions. Yeah, I need to do more spinning, and I want to get some more. I want to either make a trip or just place an order with um, the Fiber Garden and get more some more stuff of them and and get more breeds, like try different breeds that they have. Right. Because we don't know exactly what they don't say. Like they don't know. No, we don't know what what we're getting. Of sheep you're getting. So Uh, I feel like if I practice with a lot of different things, and I feel oh my god, with the money I spent at the convention, and I'm like oh what the heck, the credit card's crying anyway. Well, you know, I'm off this weekend if we wanted to go. In the Jordan. Actually, this month I think they're having a sale. Yes, you told me. And their natural wool is... 25% off. 25% off. So... Alright, we'll have to negotiate this later. And they do have smaller bags. Can we talk about (laughs) this not now? Yes. So, moving into um, other people's stuff. Yeah, that sounded weird, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, Okay, moving into Geek Squeeze. Yes, that's good enough. That's better. Well, for one, one major announcement, which is nice to hear after the Are You Kidding Me of the Love a few weeks ago. Mainly to do with the uh, Star Wars casting, where we were going, oh my god, guys, please. Why are there only two women in this room? There's at least two more women that are joining the Star Wars Episode Seven cast. Lupita Nyong'o, who was... Yeah, she won the Oscar this year. 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, for 12 Years a Slave. And Game of Thrones' Gwendolyn Christie are going to be... In the movie as well. I don't think we know exactly. Well, we don't know a lot about. No, we don't know a lot about anything anything yet. But those are two really badass actors, actresses. Yeah, Yeah. they don't even mention like how large a role they'll be playing or anything like that. But it'll be interesting to see. Not to mention actress of color as well. Yes. So a couple of days ago, I think it was a knit night and a week ago. Mm-hmm. I sent you a bunch of snippets about a certain Game of Thrones actor. Yes, did you ever you see did. the pictures? Yes, I did. Okay, so you would agree with me that the that he is a nice specimen of the male character. Yes. Okay, Pedro Pascal. He's from Chile, and he played Oberon Martell on Game of Thrones. I am not going to talk about Game of Thrones and any of the episodes that go on there because, oh my god, the feels, and oh my god, the anger, oh my god, the vice, you know, the the vice and the angst and everything else. Oh my god, George, oh my god, George R. R. Martin kills everything I love. So, also, what is nice about Pedro Pascal that I was telling Karen in a ride home, he's a little bit of a geek. 
And he's an adorable one, too. Because one of his favorite movies is Wally. Eee! Marry me! He also, when he was asked, what would you like to be if you weren't an actor? And because of his love for reading, he said it would either be a wartime journalist or a literature professor. Marry me! He also loves to read Jane Eyre. Oh my god. Now, how many bros do you know would brag about liking that kind of Regency literature? Yes! I just had the mental image of, like, being sprawled on a lawn somewhere and him feeding me grapes as he reads me Jane Eyre. (laughs) I'll be in my bunk. There's only one drawback, though. He does think they're absolutely beautiful, but he's allergic to cats. Oh, Sorry, buddy. Yeah. and Pause before... Okay, my brain just came up with another P word. Yeah. So he does acknowledge that they're absolutely beautiful, and he puts right underneath, guys, I didn't choose my allergy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's allergic to cats. How willing is he to get allergy shots in the regular? You can negotiate that with him when you talk to him. I don't even know if he's married. And, um. Or interested, well, interested in the female persuasion. Well, his, char- his character isn't. His character, yeah. his, his character is interested in any persuasion. Um, Oberon Martell is all... A, a, the country that he comes from, Dorne, everybody is all like, you breathe, let's have sex. Oh, so he goes the Jack Harkness route, then. <laughs> yes. But everybody in Dorne is like that. <laughs> and was it, you did, was you found all this out from the Reddit he... The That's right. AMA he did on Reddit? Uh, somebody asked, because of the character that he plays... He must get, you know, attacked by girls on the street all the time. And his answer was, oh, God, I wish. I need to get out of the house more. <laughs> He's probably busy with filming and stuff. Someone asked him if uh, Prince Oberon were to give me advice on how to be smooth as he is, what would he say? <laughs> Have no fear, be fearless, and get yourself some really nice clothes. That's pretty good. Oh, he also loves Battlestar Galactica. Oh, God. He's so close to perfect. <laughs> At least from what we can tell. He would certainly have the, the best okay Cupid <laughs> <laughs> yes. bio, or the one most likely to get a response. Yeah, speaking of AMAs... Oh, yes. You know who else did an AMA this past week? And Miss Karen missed it. I was on my lunch break! I'm, like, texting you and... This happened while I was away from my computer. Are you there? No! That's probably good, because I would... Not be sure what to say anyway. It would be, it would probably end up being of the, I watched, I watched you while you were sleeping. I mean, I was present while you were unconscious. Sort of vain. Cause yes. <laughs> yes, Karen gets online and then there's this huge electrical blackout that covers half of the western continent. <laughs> yes, because Clark Greg did an AMA on Reddit. And, dear God, he's, reading these responses. He's adorkable. Like, seriously adorkable. I loved the, this one This one that I read at work and kind of sorted out loud. Um, is not so much about himself as other members of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, because they have tweeted or and Instagram pictures before of playing, like, prank wars yes. on each other. Especially Chloe Bennett and Ian DeKestker. And uh, so after Chloe filled Ian's... Someone asked what was the best funny slash funniest practical joke you've seen happen on the set. Well, after Chloe filled Ian's car and trailer with snow. It's pretty good. He says she thought she escaped retribution, only to learn she'd been driving around Los Angeles for three di- three days with a vanity plate that said balls deep. Oh. 
I believe somebody asked him if he ever got his cards signed. Yes! And he said, that's an excellent question. You'll have to stay tuned for season two. And when I saw that, I'm afraid I squeed just as hard as you must have. Like, I know, I know it's probably just going to be something where, like, he's getting his new office set up, and he hangs something on the wall, or he puts something in the drawer, and we see... It's the cap cards with blood on them, and that had been signed at some point mm-hmm. by Captain America because he was, you know, being noble, even though he still thought Coulson was dead, and Fury just happened to swipe them and give them to him. But part of me is like, oh god! I, I <laughs> just, just one little Chris Evans cameo, please. One tiny we want one cameo. Avenger to know that he's alive. Just one little cameo. Though I mean, it makes more sense if like. All the Avengers find out at the same time, or you know, we actually get to see yeah. the others finding out, or something like that. But just, just, just one, one little cameo. Their brain will go splody. I can just imagine the internet. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I am picturing the Twitter feed, the Twitter live, live tweeting in my head. If that ever happens, dear God, Paige Branson would probably like explode and melt into the carpet. From what uh, I saw in his AMA, apparently when Mingna does not know, Mingna Wen does not know her line, she does some sort of gibberish that's between Chinese and English. English, and it has everybody else in hysterics. Yes, trying to figure out what she just said. And it's supposed to be in the bloopers reel that's coming out oh. uh, when it gets released. Yes, speaking of which, <laughs> this goes under Geek Squee too. It also fits under Cravings, Covets, and Crushes because... Um, they have announced the release dates for Captain America 2 and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, and they're the same day. Which means someone is, someone's having a marathon. <laughs> yes, which means somebody's taking a week off work. That is... <laughs> and just mm, watching them all in a row. That's four days right before we um, go to Toronto for the Knitters Fair, September 9th. Back that up. Go to Kitchener. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean. Yeah. I may be... Yeah, so actually that is right before the Knitters Fair and kitchener yep. so i might be fresh off that <laughs> you will be you will be high Whee! i will just tie a string to your to your ankle and just occasionally pull you down from the from the ceiling <laughs> don't mind her she's on colson overload oh i love this bit <laughs> yeah someone asked that uh, said that his two-year-old son who knows his marvel characters better than most adults is absolutely 100 percent convinced that agent colson is captain america in disguise is there something you need to tell us and Clark replied, replied, okay, since a two-year-old, it seems unlikely your son has read any of the reports, which I vehemently does not deny, that Agent Coulson wears Captain America under ruse. So not sure where this could be coming from. <laughs> I do follow my fans and love interacting with them for many reasons, not least of which is the fact that they are so powerful that they brought me back to life after Joss Whedon killed me. So I'm, so I'm grateful and a little afraid. So he acknowledges the power of the fandom and is a little afraid of them. <laughs> like Harry Potter and Voldemort, Clark Gregg slash Coulson may be the only known survivor of the Whedon killing curse. Oh, good lord. <laughs> but yeah, so there's loads of really interesting stuff. I haven't even read this entire thing yet. There is really one long and lots of really awesome questions. There's one cute comment I saw when they were talking about he was he is married to Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Who was baby in yes, in Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. And uh, somebody said would Agent Coulson put baby in a corner and he said only if he wants to die again. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, uh, Marvel, where do you find these people?" Cuz like if you see look at interviews with any of the cast members, they're all adorable. Chris Evans, I swear to god. Okay, so moving into other things, we found a music video, or a video, 
on the Mary Sue, which is called the Science Riot Girls Song. It stemmed when a younger sister, one in the video, came home from science class and was excited about doing the experiments that they were getting to do. So she and her classmates had been singing a song, and her dad sort of stepped in with the video part. And, and helped them write the rest. And you get to see it now on YouTube. And if you search for it on YouTube, you can search for it as Science Riot Girls Song. Or the the maker of it is, or the, the channel that's hosting it is called My Smart Hands. And it's these cute eight-year-old girls singing the song. And you can also find them at MySmartHands.com. Super adorable. Yay, girls in science. And speaking of girls in science, recent news. Well, recent news with a, a very long time coming, because I believe we mentioned we this. We did talk about this. On an episode yes, ages ago. Because someone had a sort of set up for voting on the Lego Kuso page. Yes. That involved female scientist minifigures. Right. Uh, one was set. holding a beaker and one was a paleontologist, things like that. Well, after a lot of del- deliberation on Lego's part... In a long time. Yeah, I know. They had, like, for some reason this was under, like, special consideration from, like, the fall 2013. Good grief. But, at long last, Lego is going to make the female minifig, scientist minifig set. Yay! Yay! So we have an astronomer, what looks like a biochemist, and a paleontologist. Yep. And it's going to be called the Research Institute set. Cool. Released through the Legos Lego Ideas program. And it started when uh, Ellen Kujiman put up her, her project application saying that, you know, as a female scientist, she'd noticed that the available Lego sets tended to skew male and that the females tended to be cast in sort of stereotypical yeah. roles and the scientists, the, all the, the STEM-related minifigures tended to use male minifigures. According to the article, uh, support for the project was slow at first, but thanks to a flurry of tweets and probably other media going around, the support skyrocketed from 2,000 supporters to 10,000 in just about one week. So if you went and you clicked on supporting this Lego minifig set, congratulations, guys. We did it. Yay! You are part of that team. And I mean, and it's also part of the whole reaction to, and it was also sort of reaction to, you know, in 2011, Lego introduced the Lego Friends set, which was a, designed to appeal specifically to girls, mm-hmm. and which was all pink, mm-hmm. and Fail. involved, like, you know, lots of short skirts, hanging out at the pool, going to the mall, baking, that sort of stuff, which again, as we have always said, you can totally be a girl and like all that stuff. We're not dissing that stuff. We're just saying, you know, there should be more options for girls, there should be more options for boys. Boys should be able to, you know, have the minifig set where they can do baking and stuff, too. Because and actually, let me tell you... My boy loves to do interpretive dance to let it go. <laughs> and actually, I remember seeing this earlier this year. A seven-year-old girl wrote to the company to complain that all the girl minifigs did was sit at home, go to the beach, and shop, and had no jobs, while the boys in Lego Toys went on adventures, worked, and saved people, and had jobs. You got schooled by a seven-year-old. seven-year-old. So yeah, they don't have information about... When it'll be available or how, you know, where it'll be available just yet. But I think I saw something that said hopefully by about August. And we found this. The article we're looking at is from the Washington Post. I'm sure if you search Lego female scientist minifigure set, you'll find a lot of pictures. The pictures that are there are the ones that were submitted with the proposal. So they may not look exactly like the pictures that are here because this is somebody's... You know, concept. personal concept and then what they do is the lego 
people look at it and they put their own right sort of sets together. But it should, you know, be somewhat similar. It's cool. I love the Lego dinosaur. Yeah. So yes, and I should mention too. As I mentioned, the movie sucks earlier. I went to see X-Men Days of Future Past. Okay, how was that? It was fun. I'm not going to be like, whoa, my God, the best movie ever. And it's like, you know, there's a few bits where it was like, you know, there's probably some little holes in there. But, I mean, like I said, my tweet afterwards said was, you know, my initial thoughts on X-Men Days of Future Past. One, I had fun. Two, Eric and Charles are so gay for each other. Fassbender, you need to get on board with this, because I think he's the only one of Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, James McAvoy, and Michael Fassbender. I think Fassbender's the only one of the three that isn't isn't like, yeah, they're totally gay for each other. Oh, good lord. (laughs) But yeah, I had fun. I did. um, It is kind of interesting from articles I've been reading and stuff, because apparently in the original storyline, it's Kitty Pride that goes Yes, it is. So a couple people were like, really? You had to recast with the dude? Which I can kind of see, because Wolverine has been a much bigger... I can see why the studio would want it, because Wolverine has been bigger character, bigger actor, more of a headliner than Ellen Page. They've already made God knows how many Wolverine movies. Good lord. Standalone Wolverine Let's just face it, anywhere Wolverine goes, shit happens. Yeah. But, so it kind of sucks that it wasn't Kitty Pride. I, you know, in the storyline too, okay, it kind of makes sense, because... Part of it is, part of the storyline is Wolverine has to be sent back, his mind consciousness has to be sent back into his younger self. Mm -hmm. So basically, older Wolverine's brain and thoughts are in his younger body. He just sort of takes over his younger body. So he can try and fix this back in the 1970s. Now, I'm not sure about quite the extent Kitty Pride's powers in it. You know, they seem to have added something in this one because like I knew she could walk through walls. I didn't know she could send people back in time through their brains. But uh that was a new one. And I don't know, in the comics, you know, you often yeah. characters will okay, just fine. acquire powers. But I think if you're trying to part of the the thing with this movie is trying to set it meet it up with the timeline of the original X Men movies. And Kitty Pride wouldn't be old enough yeah. <laughs> to go back to the nineteen seventies and fix things. So that's that's a slight problem. In that way, Wolverine is maybe a bit better because of the way the timeline in the movies has been set up. Because he's God knows how old at this point, like hundred. Depending on uh, which version of Wolverine you talk about, some of them. Yeah. Well, in the cinematic Wolverine, say about two hundred. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, so uh, and there's a few other there's a few other things. One of the things that someone mentioned that I really did like though is that in a lot of movie, a lot of the X Men movies, you know, Wolverine's man pain tends to be. Sort of front and center. And this movie totally wasn't. All okay. the man pain was on Charles and Eric's side. Okay. It's like, oh my god, just kiss already. <laughs> <laughs> and the other good thing is, I, you know, people had, I've seen people sort of concerned about part of the, the reason for them having to send Wolverine back is because basically Peter Dinklage's character, Bolivar Bal- Trask, is creating these things called the Sentinels to sort okay. of hunt down mutants. And in a, at a point in the 1970s, in like 1973, Mystique kills Trask, trying to keep him from creating these things, thinking that, you know, if she gets rid of him, then the, the project will stop. Unfortunately, it ends up, everyone else, or the government sees this as proof that they need the Sentinels. They capture Mystique, and so not only do they keep the Sentinel project going, they are also able to use her shape-shifting ability to have the Sentinels be able to take on or neutralize the powers 
of the mutants they come in contact with. So, you know, like Bobby, Iceman, yes. they can become giant flamethrowers to, to torch him, yeah, to, yeah, to, 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 to overtake his ability to, to counter. Yes. Yeah, to counter. Oh, and so basically, and when we start, we see in the future, like, mutants, mutants, people who assist mutants, and they're able to identify in DNA, like, who will have mutant, like, children or grandchildren. They're being rounded up, they're being killed, they're being uh, you know, basically put in concentration camps, that yeah. sort of thing. And so they're sort of thinking, okay, we have to go back and we have to stop Mystique from doing this so that this doesn't happen. So it sort of sets it up as like, you know, one woman's stupid decision. Oh, God. But I think the movie does a better, kind of does a better job than it originally seems. Because for one, like, they make it clear that she's sort of very on her own of even trying to fix things. Because... Eric's been captured mm-hmm. for reasons I won't spoil because they're funny. Okay. And then Charles is just like off drinking himself to death and has basically like sort of given up his powers in return for being able to walk again. And that's one of the places where it's like, okay, I'm just going to look the other way because this makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> it's like they, they, they give him a, a token chance of trying to explain it and it's like, yeah, no, I'm not buying it, but whatever. Um, so basically like she's the only person... She has no support net. She is trying to fix things on her own. Right. But there's only so much she can do because she is one person. So, like, yeah, maybe she could do something else. Or could there are other options she could take. But she would need more people for that. She would need Charles to get his head out of his ass. And, <laughs> and to stop treating her like a child, which is another good thing about this. He stops. He finally realizes, oh, wait, you're your own person. You're not a child anymore. I can't just tell you what to do. <laughs> I have to trust you to do the right thing. And then also, too, because... You know, when they stop Mystique from doing her thing, it turns into Eric's, Eric and his rotten life decisions and his stupid-ass decisions sort of screw everything up, and they have to fix it. Yes. Well, when does that not happen? Yes. But yeah, so I thought that was a, a nice, slight changing of what I thought was going to... Okay, fine. The so, movie, the, uh, movie. Mo- so it's fun. So the movie did surprise you? Yes. In some parts? Yes. And as I saw, I've seen a number of people saying this. The best part about the movie, it means that the third X-Men movie never happened. <laughs> I saw, actually saw on Twitter a Tumblr uh, picture. Someone was like, the best part about X-Men Days of Future Past. And he shows the, the box for X-Men 3, Last yeah. Stand, opens it up. There's no disc inside. The disc never existed. It never happened. Okay, so... <laughs> Speaking of movies, Maleficent is out in theaters. I'm really wanting to see this movie. I haven't had the chance to yet. Any of the listeners have been out there. You can weigh in and let us know what you think. If you're going to put uh, put spoilers up, please notify people. Yes. We should figure out a time to go see it. It looks like a really pretty... I've heard that it's a really pretty movie. Mm-hmm. I can't say I don't... I don't know very much about... I don't know if I've heard that it's a good movie, but... <laughs> yeah, I have not heard... Yeah, you're I've just heard that it's very visually beautiful. Yeah. So we need to figure out... Which is good enough for me, this. to be honest. <laughs> it's I will pay the money for the visuals. If it's a good movie, I will be pleasantly surprised. Maybe not pleasantly surprised, but, you know, it's a bonus. So shall we go into the next one? Because this is... This is my big thing? Yes, this bridges... This bridges both. Okay, so... Since the last time we recorded... Uh, the new Dresden book had not come out yet. Guess what, people? The new Dresden book is out. It is called Skin Game by Jim Butcher. Anybody who is in the Dresden following knows what I'm talking about. And I wanted to draw some attention to a group 
that has been gaining some momentum. They call themselves for short the DF3. It's for Dresden Files Fan Filming. It is a group of fans that have done photo, uh, special photo set shots or short videos, and their latest project was a trailer for Skin Game, uh, on their own time, with their own resources, uh, everything has been 100% them. Now, in the past, there has been concern, you know, about, oh, well, we have fans taking the material in this direction. Mm-hmm. The creator, author, owner of the material may not want it to go there. Jim Butcher is 100% behind these people. He has, we even have video footage of him applauding them at one of his book signing events. That's it at the Poison Pen right there. The Poison Pen bookstore. Yeah. There's a link to this. If you search for Dresden Files Fan Filming Facebook, you'll get to their Facebook page. And on June 6th, they posted a link to the the live stream cast where he actually mentions them. I've watched the, uh, the video for the trailer for Skin Game, it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it looks like everybody that they have got. Yeah, that's how Harry... Yeah, that's how Michael would look. Yeah, that's all mad is scary. <laughs> Stuff like that. And the guy who plays Harry, his name is Matthew. He's absolutely adorable. It's been his passion project for the longest time. And I recently watched an interview with him for Starving Artist Compendium. The guy's an opera singer. <laughs> well... And he has performed in opera, he's performed on stage, and he's, you know, done voiceover work, and you're like, he's a professional actor, and I'm like, yo, count me as impressed. So, I'm absolutely loving these guys, I got permission from them to talk about them on the podcast. Anybody who's a fan of the Dresden Files, and I know I have converted just a few of you. <laughs> just a few. Go check them out, give them some love. For anybody else that's out there and has no idea what the heck I'm talking about, sit down. This is one of my passions. Harry Dresden is a wizard, and the story is based in modern-day Chicago. He is a wizard private investigator, and we're not talking about Harry Potter style. We are talking about a different style of magic altogether. Mm -hmm. Jim Butcher is the author. I believe, oh my god, Cold Days was, Changes was 13 or 14. He's up to something like 15, 16 books and he has plans to go to a 20, I believe. It is a really good read. I think you'll get hooked. Give it a try. Oh, and I got this, I read this that Jim Butcher said. So the voiceover actor for the audiobooks is James Marsters. Mm -hmm. You may know him as Spike from Buffy. Mm -hmm. The Buffy series. He did not do number 13, but other than that, it's been Spike. And I found out that apparently during an emotional segment in this book, Spike kept getting choked up for realsies. Aww. And Jim Butcher said, yes, I made Spike cry! (laughs) Which I think is adorable. Yes, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, Maggie would like to say... By the way... Go get Skin Games. This is a... Been <laughs> or at a pub- least the first book in the... Uh... At least the first book, and if you're farther along, you know, just keep reading and go get Skin Game. What's the title of the first book again? Stormfront. Stormfront? Okay. Yeah. So Maggie would like to pimp that. I would very much like to do the pimping of that. Oh, and apparently now the Elfling knows about Harry Dresden and thinks he's more awesome than Cupcake. Speaking of other fantasy authors, and we were mentioning George R. R. Martin a little while ago. Yes. Well, for $20,000, George R.R. R. Martin will kill you in one of his books. Yes, in one of his books. You even get to choose what kind of person you are. Yes. You can be a merchant, a lord, 
a whore, because there's a lot of them in Westeros. You can be anything you want. And he will kill you, because you know what? That's what you do in Westeros. Yeah, he, he's poning it. Basically, he's, it's a perk for a crowd, crowdfunding movement to benefit the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary in his home state of New Mexico. So basically, on the, the crowdfunding page, which you can find at prizeo, P-R-I-Z-E-O dot com, and then search for George R. R. Martin yeah. or Wolf Sanctuaries. That, it gets long. He says that two martyrs, one male, one female, will get the chance to see themselves meet a gruesome end in a future Song of Ice and Fire novel. I'd be all for that. Yeah, if, you can choose you your know. character station in the world, and you will certainly meet a grisly death. <laughs> if I had the $20,000 to throw at that, yeah, I would. Now, if you only, if you only have $15,000... Yeah. You can have breakfast with George R. R. Martin. Or for $7,500, a pair of tickets to the season 5 premiere. Or you can get George R. R. Martin's worn hat for the same amount. <laughs> and if we haven't made it clear already, the money raised actually goes to yeah. Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. George R. R. Martin has a soft spot for wolves if it hasn't become apparent <laughs> from the literature. If you donate, apparently if you donate any amount at all, you're entered to win a special prize, in which case you and a friend will be flown out to meet George R. R. Martin in Santa Fe, where they'll show, you'll share a helicopter ride to the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. So you'll tour the sanctuary together. <laughs> he says, we'll also have plenty of time to discuss the show, as well as the books. And if there's anything you've ever wanted to ask me, here's your chance. And then Mary Sue was careful to say... Guys, if any of you win this, don't be jerks. <laughs> Represent your fellow nerds well. So how would you want to die in one of the books? I'm trying to decide whether to go with a serious answer or a joke answer. I don't know. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> it's not often that you look at it at the death from a positive side going, now how do I want to do this? Yes. Especially in sort of like a fantasy universe yes. kind of way. It's like, like there's so many possibilities. Because you could be, for example, you could be a shepherdess. Mm -hmm. Watching over your flock of specialized Westeros merino sheep. <laughs> and you are suddenly run down by a horde of Dothraki warriors. <laughs> they And every, every sheep and shepherd and shepherdess is just pummeled underneath the hooves of war horses. <laughs> All right, well, if anybody has suggestions of how you would want to die in Westeros, you know, let us know. You could be a court scribe. Yes. Or illuminator of manuscripts. Oh, that would be pretty. But how do you die from, I guess, well, the building could always, oh my gosh, the library caught on fire. Oh, yes. that would be terrible. Set on fire by one of the dragons. Oh, that would be terrible. That would be horrible. And actually, if it was the library, then we could both be there. Yes, we could both be there. <laughs> and die horrible, fiery deaths. Trying Yay! To, trying to save the books. Trying to save the books! No! But yeah, so if anybody has $20,000 lying around, just hiding in their couch cushions... I want to know where you bought your couch yeah. to begin with. Okay, you guys need to see this. At honeycatcookies.blogspot.com, or actually the blogspot.co.uk. Yeah, someone has made, on Thursday, May 8th, they posted a blog post about a Viking-inspired cookie set that they were asked to make. And they made these amazing cookies. They're, each one of them is like a work of art. Yeah, inspired by Viking metalwork. So first they did, like, you know, dusting of... It was a food color. Food gel and edible glue with a little alcohol to thin it that they just sort of lightly painted over the cookies and then added runes and like, edible luster dust piped on. There's the Danish flag. And they had emblems of eagles and dragons and a lot of the knot work. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. Frozen cookies. Wow, you guys really need to see this. It's, like I said, honeycatcookies.blogspot.co.uk slash 2014 slash 05 slash Viking Metalwork Cookies underscore 8. And it, they really do. They look like small enamel pieces of art mm-hmm. with golden metalwork on top. Look at the color gradation. Yeah, I know. It looks like the prow of a longboat. Wow. So pretty. These are amazing. And, like, how do you eat these? (laughs) The only way you can is when you come to the realization that if you don't, they will go stale and they will go moldy. So Mm -hmm. you cannot let them go to waste. Yeah. You must eat them with mead after your first victory. You must give them a worthy send-off. Yes. Not quite a Viking funeral, because you don't no, want to no, set no, fire. No, you don't want to do that. These cookies have been worthy opponents, and they go to go to meet their forefathers in Valhalla, also known as my stomach. So I found a hand dyer that will be especially of interest to our European listeners, or even I really should say our listeners in Europe, because this Etsy shop is based in Corsica, France. So this would be have, finally have something that is beneficial for shipping for you guys, and not so beneficial for us, because, oh god... It's called Schleep Yarn, S-H-L-E-E-P, Yarns. So if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Schleep Yarns, they have hand-dyed luxury yarns, a lot of really pretty silk yarns, and different types of silk. There's Tessa silk, there's Dupioni silk. Oh my gosh, that was cobweb silk. Yep, Dupioni silk cobweb in amazing, amazing colors. Yeah, the Dupioni silk cobweb is 1,650 yards to 100 grams grams gain. They get these amazingly deep, vibrant colors in the silk, so the silk, of course, just shines. Yes. There's some really pretty patterns here, too. There's also, uh, there's lace weight, there's sport weight. There is a little bit, there's only one skein of fingering weight in the shop at the moment, but they do have others. They do have sock weight, they do have some DK, and some superwash merino lace as well, but it's the silk yarns that I'm looking at, and I'm just like, oh my god. So pretty! Pretty reasonable, too. Like, looking at the Tessa silk lace in the, in this case, I'm just clicked on one for the white gold colorway, which is gorgeous. It's a thousand yards, 100 gram skein of lace weight Tessa silk, and it's $43 Canadian, Mm. which is not bad. Shipping to anywhere in the European Union is, well, $6.86 Canadian, so I'm not sure what that is in euros, but to everywhere else in the world, it's $9 Canadian for the first item, $1 for every additional item. So, I mean, considering where it's coming from and how gorgeous it is anyway. Yeah. You know, the shipping is not bad. And at the moment, she has a promotion going. If you buy any two skeins, you can choose a free pattern. Mm-hmm. Rhinebeck, Karen, Rhinebeck. <laughs> yeah, in other words, don't buy the yarn if you want to go to Rhinebeck. That might be a new rule. I'm not allowed, if I want to go to Rhinebeck, I'm not allowed to buy yarn. You have to use your stash. Yes, I have to use my stash. Not allowed to buy yarn. You do have a very until, pretty stash. Until the knitter's fair. You and even have... on the knitter's fair, I have to control myself. You do have a very pretty stash. Yes. So it shouldn't be hard. I do have hard. a very large pretty stash. Yes, you do. So yes, and I should, you know, even at the knitter's fair, I should control myself because if I go to Rhinebeck, then that's all kinds of dyers and stuff oh, that I yes. have never seen before. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> Okay, so Karen's going to go bite her fingernails, and I think we're done. Yeah, I think it's time to walk away from the temptation. Okay, everybody, that's it. Bye-bye. Yep. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1, G-E-E-K-2, dot M-T-dash-P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. 
You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on!